0: Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce, how's it going? It's pretty okay. All right, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start Hands up for the jam. I'm a and plan on revisiting, but I'm with the kids again. And when they're in bed, I'm working on my shit again. Dripping jams, paying bills, paying dues, paying dividends. All the years seeing life through a different lens Sick of trends for streams to go in any way the um, river bends Who's your man at your shooter right? ride It depends Pick a fan town Trying to run kids off screens Cause time flies You can't get caught Watch your paint dry in 4K We have, I think mostly cleared the tension that I started Before we hit record today By coming into the room and dropping some Uh over-the-top bombs on uva basketball uh, i don't
1: i don't know why you're taking credit for what i believe i did <laughs> uh,
0: because but, only because only one of us called the other night's game a quote fucking war crime uh, unquote crime I,
2: yeah i night, called it a crime so.
1: against humanity that,
0: that should have resulted in every attendant having their money refunded <laughs> um so I, I will I think I I think I poured I poured the accelerant on the fire. I may not have started the fire initially, but um, we as we we kind of tried to pull ourselves back together. Uh, Kevin, you reminded us that uh, you you have kind of had a, a question of late. So so why don't we let let you pose the question to the group and then we'll see if we can come up with an answer to it
2: sure uh so in a couple of separate instances one i was listening to a uh a progressive metal podcast and they, they did an, an episode where they were you know, putting all the dream theater albums in different tiers and and, and discussing them and, and on each album they were they'd spend like a couple of minutes talking about the album art and whether or not they liked the album art and how that impacted their rankings. And then additionally, just when reading a review of an album, there would be a paragraph about the album art and who created the album art and, and stuff like that. And I just had the question, like, am I the only one who no longer cares about album art for for music? I think I once did back when I was a teenager going to the CD store and buying CDs. Um, And even if I look back then, I didn't really know why I cared. Um, But yeah, you guys have record collections and also just different opinions on music. So curious what everyone else thought about album art and its purpose.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, my, my sort of, off-the-cuff thoughts like you know as a person with a record collection but also just like i you know i used to have a bunch of cds um you know i had a um sort of meticulously manicured actually i still do have a fairly meticulously manicured itunes library um or whatever it's called now that itunes doesn't exist anymore um Mm -hmm. But, like, I personally am a a big believer in the idea that so little is, like, actually a one-sense experience. And so music is, like, experiencing music is something that, you know, is great if it's just purely, like, what is the sound that's going into my ears but it also can be really well enhanced in other ways. And so like this to me, is sort of part of the allure of of live music because you add visuals. you you know, you just see what's happening. But also, like depending on where you're standing in a venue, you physically feel the music, and so there's like a you know there's a tangible sense of touch about it too. But then also, like, when you're listening at home, you know, I mean, I have lots of memories of, like, flipping through the the liner notes, the, the little booklet in a CD. Um, and now I, I don't do it every time I put on a record. But, it, like, it is still, to me, at least a really nice thing to, like, look at the way it's packaged. I mean, like, they give out Grammys for the packaging of records still.
1: Yeah, I so that's so one thing is I was looking feverishly when when Kevin you were talking about um, you know the ranking of albums and talking about the album art and especially with metal groups there's one and I can't I can't find the name of the group they're from Buffalo I I ordered their album last year and I think they're very fun but they made a point of of their album artwork references their previous album artwork it's like a point of view thing or or something so so i think it can really matter and it clearly does matter to probably some artists more than others Mm -hmm. um and i think one thing i think of in terms of of you know this album art and i would like to talk about this in terms of of books too because i think there's a similarity is a lot of times we think of albums and especially with how vinyl is now it's almost like you get a goodie if you pre-order um, or or you get the physical copy. But I'm trying to view this as the physical copy is still part of the presentation of that piece of art. And while it may have an audio focus like you're not buying a painting necessarily, um, there's a there's a piece to it. I mean historically liner notes are a really big deal for albums. And I think one thing that was great about CDs is you could have it in your car and you could have it all there, or you could have it in a confined space. Like that really was a, an advancement in so many ways. I think that's really cool. And we've moved away from that. And now I do think it is presented. Like I just, we talked about uh, Waxahachie last week and I pre-ordered their new album And I got a special edition that is going to be signed. And it. on the one hand, that is a a goodie, so to say, like a a carrot for me to buy the physical thing to spend a little bit more to not just stream it. But also I am viewing it as like, this is how they intend for me to experience it. I don't know if if you consider that at all, Kevin, the fact that maybe Dream theater does want you to be looking at the album art or looking at the liner notes when you enjoy the music at least once
2: yeah I'm, I'm not sure I think part part of what I'm asking is if it, if you think it really impacts your enjoyment of the album and I, I think a lot of bands that I like probably don't really have much of a budget for the for the artists that they're using and so that you know probably, get worse artwork. Um, but it just whether it's good or not, Like I don't think that I like Dark Side of the Moon any more or less, even though it has one of the more iconic album arts out there. And so it, it's more of just does it does it impact your enjoyment of it? And um, yeah.
1: There's, there's something ironic there. I want to get to you in a second, Max. But there's something ironic about Dark Side of the Moon and it's that image is so cliche that I think it um, undercuts how impressive a band it is. But, but the idea and the whole watching um, Wizard of Oz to it and everything and, and the idea of the the hazy uh, college dorm room, it's like, no, this is an impressive bit of music, but it is enhanced by this this physical, thing with it but uh max you were gonna say
3: yeah i don't know it's a tricky one because i don't know that i see the artwork as necessarily an enhancement of the album and i totally get kevin's point like as soon as you said that it was affecting the reviews of the album i was like that that to me feels off i think of the artwork more as like a a way to get people's attention or get your foot in the door so obviously like with books and uh with books and stuff like if you go to the library or a bookstore they want you to get your attention um i still sometimes go to record stores so i would see the the cover and it might get my attention but to your point now that most music and like all movies are digital like the cover like does the the cover of a movie Take away your like. Your, would you review a movie less well because of the cover? Like, I don't know. That, that feels weird. Like, I, I think and it, and similar. Like with when I think of beer, like the the label might get me to buy a beer because it's at the store, but I don't think it would change my. It would have to be really cool. To, like, if a re- if a label if a record cover is really cool, I might put it on my wall and be like, I like this art on its own and how it goes with the record. But I, I can't imagine maybe disliking one. So much that it would affect my review of the record. I,
0: yeah. I, I'm I'm with you there. I don't to me, I don't know if it's like I think it's probably impossible to actually answer the question of like, does it affect how you hear the record? Like I I really don't just because, you know, synesthesia is a rare thing. Um, but I think that the purpose it serves you know in a similar to vein a similar vein to how it is you know it helps catch your attention in a store or whatever like if you look at it before you start listening to a record and like that is the the protocol if you grab a record off the shelf, you kind of have to see you know you have to see this thing before you take it out and put it on a turntable and like I I, I do think, I think there is something to be said for like, you know, when it's done well, at least it can help position you. It can help sort of frame the experience for you and sort of point you in a direction before you start listening. And so maybe that does have an impact, not necessarily on how you hear it, but on how you perceive it. I mean, like, it's there, it's there to say something.
1: Yeah, I think if something adds context, I will gravitate toward that. So there are plenty of, there's plenty of album artwork, like the, I just put it down, the New Future Islands album. The album artwork, I've seen that. I've seen that already because it's been printed and and I saw what it was going to look like and Maybe when I listen to it, I'll decide it gives it context, but I probably won't. It probably won't do anything, but I was really excited to open it and not look at the record itself to see what color it was, even though that was a special thing. There's only so many of that color, but I wanted to look at the liner notes because you do get context from that in a way that can be... can be near impossible if you're looking at it on a streaming service, which is it will tell you who worked on that. And sometimes it will tell you these acknowledgements and who they thanked and who they were inspired by. And I think that that can be really valuable and important. And it, you know, can be really fun too. When you see, Oh, I didn't realize that these two people work together, or I am well aware of this because I've listened to both of them for years, but, um, Waxahachie and Snail Mail are really good buddies and and on their albums, they thank each other. And that's something that's in the liner notes, but it's not like they say it in a song. Um, And so I think think any bit of art is better with a little context, Um, whether it changes the way you view it or it just enriches it or whatever. But I think that that can be good. So Kevin, kind of going back to whatever you want the example to be, if it's just an image like dark side of the moon, I think there's almost so much about that album that, that, that imagery doesn't really resonate with me, but it may be that, um, you know, you, you look at the, the album art of a master on cover and you're like, this doesn't tell as deep a story as any of the music or the songs here, but I get it. And it, it makes sense that this was chosen as the lead image for, um, this piece of art
2: yeah i guess what I'm, I'm curious to hear is you're saying that you you'll go to a record store and you will like blindly pick a record based on that because i i totally see that at, at a book story because you know there's the obviously the saying you can't judge a book by its cover but however like publishers know that these certain fonts are very catching and probably spend a lot of time Researching yeah, that stuff, I I would like, had... I will, I will pick up a book and read the summary if the cover catches me, versus the other way. And I just, I couldn't, I can't really place myself doing that in music. But oh, I, I will, think I'll, I'll put yeah. my
0: headphones on in a store and listen to a couple, you know, snippets of songs. But I, right. I am also in a phase where, like, I, while I am still occasionally buying new records, I am like trying to downsize that a little bit so i don't i i would have a really hard time right now buying something totally sight unseen or, or not not sight unseen but but buying something that was totally new to me based
3: sound quote-unquote
0: solely on the album art that sounds a little crazy to me i'd either listen to a song or two or go like look up some reviews Try to get some context th- that way.
1: I think on the on the flip side, um well, Kevin, you mentioned book covers, and I do think that there is this kind of mass popularityification of book covers and the fonts, and they all start to look the same. So I do really appreciate when there's a note and says, "I use this font because." Some kind of historical thing. Um, I think that that can be really cool. But a book, if the cover is silly, I'm, that's not going to turn me off. I can look at album artwork. If if I'm like in a store, I will be like, I'm not going to buy that. I like I can tell that to me that's going to be something is going to be really stupid. Which is which is maybe unfair, but I think of book covers as the author probably doesn't have a tremendous amount to do with that. Or I don't imagine they do. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, with the cover of your, you know, your album art, I think that you have, a, you know, a tremendous say in that. So I can, I can, I think safely take that as a piece. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of of albums where I feel that the, um, that the cover art is almost a really good good summary of of what you're going to get inside. Uh, Oh,
0: I think, well, I I think that this new, I think this new Waxahachie record is going to be one. I think, you know, uh, just like the way she's dressed, the kind of setting, like, I I think it gives, and, and maybe this is something that I think about as, you know, also being from the, you know, from the deep South. Like, I feel like it gives a very good sort of, grounding and like a sense of place before you get started
1: yeah no i that's a that's a really good point because also if you are buying physical media the cover is literally the first thing you see unless you open it in a really weird way but you are going to see that first so if that kind of sets the mood if that is the appetizer or if we're going to go even smaller than that and and we will allow for snobbery for a second the amuse bouche uh that's that's kind of what it is i mean i think it's very powerful and honestly even if you see that on spotify if you see the little tiny tiny square um i don't know it's it's kind of it's indicative i've i've been listening of late like the last couple weeks to some brian Eno music uh specifically his ambient like music for airports thing and i don't pay a lot of attention to the the cover art but now that we're talking about it, i'm like yep this feels right this this feels this feels appropriate but yeah and, and isn't
0: that perfect though because the whole point of that series is for it to be music that you don't necessarily like foreground in your mind
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, um, one other that i would put forth as like really nicely indicative um going also going back in time is um Axis Bold as Love by Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, just like the wild sort of pops of color and artistic style, I, sort of gives you an idea that you're about to hear something that you've never heard before.
1: And and I wonder if because we've mentioned books a little bit, and sometimes there will be remasters or releases of albums, mm-hmm. or or you might you might have an alternative cover. But I wonder if with books, and I, I'm really thinking of classic books that get a lot of releases, but book covers will change. And sometimes the the uh, soft cover will be, or the paperback will not be the same as the hardcover, And that can happen so quickly. And then you start putting these weird stickers on them that aren't actually stickers, but it's like the <laughs> emblazoned this person's book club or whatever. Um, and they all of a sudden... Become less singular. And I think the singular nature of album artwork, again, it is it is something the artist has said, this is how I want my work to be represented. Um, you know, this is where you're gonna see it, to the point that, you know, you have plenty of famous albums where it's like uh the John Lennon and Yoko Ono record where they would like Hide the cover because it had nudity on it. It's like that is a singular thing, and it's also there wasn't an alternative cover. It's just you could you could hide it, or that's what it was. Yeah,
2: I think into what kind of back to what Shama saying at the beginning. If I think about a book in my head that I've read, I the first the image that comes to my mind is probably whatever image I have crafted of the main character and like what they look like. Whereas when I think of an album, the image that comes to my head isn't like the band when they're then playing it. It's the album cover, and I don't really know what that means, but like it, I, it's probably important to some degree that it's that's like the visual, the visual association that has to go. Like something has to be there, mm. and you know, other than a couple of uh, examples where it's just you know white or something, then
0: something's got to be there
1: yeah uh the the group i was thinking of earlier was was undeath um they are a buffalo based i think death metal band i uh, don't get that wrong but someone will correct me um and and part of the reason they're so proud of of the album artwork is because one of the band members drew it and they created it. And I think that that happens a a lot, which is, you know, these are, (laughs) maybe it's unfair, but a lot of authors, they're good at words. And often that, that feels like they're very much in their wheelhouse. Um, And maybe they're, you know, also artists in other ways, but I feel like I'm more used to people in bands. It's like, Oh no, I'm also a visual artist. So there can be a lot of carryover. Um, I know that, for parquet courts who has gotten nominated for grammys for their packaging um i believe i believe andrew savage in the group he he does a lot of the artwork it's like just again part and parcel with with what they do and so i think that's if anything, kevin you're making me realize i should be more mindful of this and and especially in how i consume it i mean a lot of, you know the merch everything else like it's it's something that if they're working on it and they're designing they want us to consume it as as one probably
0: yeah yeah i mean these things are the, there's a reason they call it packaging it's all it's the whole the whole thing and and this is <clears throat> excuse me i mean like this is one of the things that gets flattened out and sort of goes away in the digital streaming age. Like these things are produced in their first form as like a full package, you know? And so it does like, it it feel, it does really feel like there's something, there's something missing. It doesn't mean it's wrong, you know, but it it does feel like there's something missing getting it without the full package. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and you say, and and you might say, well, what about all the, the like digital only releases? And we mentioned like Datpiff and all those, but like the, the types of, album artwork that they have it, it almost is i think has become like an in joke in some ways when when other people down the line kind of copy the way that that artwork looked and it would be you know really silly images but it became a a message in and of itself to, to copy that
0: i'll never forget the artwork for lil wayne uh the drought three
1: yeah yeah, it's it, it it can be iconic even if it's not well done, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, it's very much like wolf t-shirt ass aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just take that sort of general design style and apply it to underground hip-hop releases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um all right, should we wrap it up there? And uh, move on to Pierce's Sari.
1: Yeah, I think we can. Um, This, uh, uh, this is actually a question for all three of you. I feel like probably at least two of you, the answer will be no. But have you all ever gone to a deli of any sort or a bagel shop and decided you want wanted the stuff entitled white fish? with your bagel? No. Maybe. So I was yeah, in the same sure. boat of, of so? no as know. you all. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think that there is a connotation associated with it that it will be gross or really stinky or, or whatever. And I'm gonna tell you that I had it recently and uh, I'm gonna start getting it a lot more. So I'm sorry to all the the delis that probably had wonderful white fish over the years, because it's at least in the instance I had it, it is a very mild fish. Um, it's got a smoky characteristic. Um, I think it is honestly better tasting and less offensive smelling or whatnot than like a, a tuna salad. Um, and it's just I don't know. It's that's a it's low really... bar to clear. Well. <laughs> How many fish spreads are there? I mean, it's it's also less expensive than than locks. And I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I'm really used to that flavor, and um, I appreciated the variety. Getting something that's smoked but in a different way. Almost, I know it's probably not, but it's not pork for me. Look at what it is, but it's it's got a smoked trout kind of feel to it. I think that's awesome. We need more variety in our, you know, as we move into a world where land mammals is something that you have with eating uh that's we should do some more of the, the seafaring critters and you know maybe white fish is the way forward to a happier world i don't know mm. but uh give give white fish a chance
3: yeah i did have some smoked trout on on this past tuesday it was delicious
0: yeah yeah i just bought a yeah. bunch of tins from Fishwife.
1: yeah so yeah. more sustainable not necessarily cheaper than <laughs> land mammals but you know we we balance that's, out
0: that's true <laughs> Uh okay. I love it. I I've I have been whitefish curious for a while. So, we'll have to we'll have to indulge it. Uh, all right. Uh the big idea from pop culture. I'm so I I've, I sat on this one for like 4 days. I'm very excited about this. Um way back when on the very like th- one of the very first episodes of this podcast. I think it was the first time we ever like got together and did a thing. You remember what that thing was? Uh was it karaoke? No. Got together and did No, I don't remember. Episode 12, we double blind taste tested beer.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. I have the yeah. the write-up is here somewhere, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um So I was bopping around YouTube, and for a change, the algorithm decided it was not going to recommend me unhinged right-wing political videos and Joe Rogan clips for no reason, Uh, but it was going to give me a bunch of uh, pro-brewer taste tests, cheap beer videos done by the good people at Treehouse Brewing. Ah, and I, I only watched one because it was, I think it was the only one that was kind of, that was mostly, it was the most analogous one to the test that we did. And they had one of their brewers, blind taste testing Miller light, Bud light and Coors light. Um, and I am happy to report uh, that all those years ago we were wrong, uh, and Miller Lite is actually the best one because we we made we made the fatal error. We Pepsi challenged ourselves, and and the the guy I'll, I'll link the video. Like I don't I don't really want to spoil the experience of you. I guess I've already spoiled the experience of you watching it by saying that he picked Miller Lite as the best one. Um, but the the sort of tasting notes from someone who, you know, does this professionally, I thought were kind of fascinating because he made the point that on, a, on one sip, on a one, like, cold, recently poured sip, Miller Lite is pretty dull, but in a way that Bud Light and Coors Light don't, it opens up more once it's had a little time in a glass and it's got a sort of, it's, it's a dry characteristic that, you know, is ends up maybe being more pleasing over a full serving of it. Uh, So I thought that was an interesting, you know, I thought it was an interesting level of, kind of attention and care to give to these beers that we don't necessarily think a lot about. And I also really appreciated that he took time to, you know, to say that, you know, the people that make these beers and produce these beers are like, are proud people who work really hard to, you know, to make something that is, good and consistent for their customers all over the country and so just like it was it was not you know it was 11 wholesome minutes uh, and I, I really enjoyed it because it made me think back on that fun time when we had seven people gather around the <laughs> living room <clears throat> the like coffee table in my <laughs> old living room in Charlottesville so um, we'll we'll throw that in the show notes uh, okay it is time for trivia, so Kevin will kick it back to you.
2: All right. Well, we we're planning our annual March trip, and there have been been lots of discussion about flights. So, there has been. figured we'd get uh, an air travel related question for you. So, going into this question, um, Pierce has the lead, and Max and Sean are are tied for second. So, the Question is of the of the big four U.S. airlines, or that is the four airlines that each have over fifteen percent of the domestic U.S. market. This one is the youngest. Okay, so um, Sean, how about you uh, tell us your wager and answer first?
0: So I wagered fifty points because I thought this was going to be a car question and. I wanted to mitigate my losses. And then it turned out to be a big four U.S. airlines question. <laughs> and I was immediately disappointed that I had not bet 100 um, because I know what the big four U.S. airlines are, and only one of them seems like uh, a bunch of new money interlopers. Uh, so my answer is Southwest.
3: Okay, hey, Max. Um. So I, uh, yeah, I had I had logic going in and out. Um, but I I just went I, I went with United because I booked a flight with United today, and I thought based on um hub cities you'd want to go furthest west. But I don't know. I wagered thirty points. Pierce. Yes.
1: I wagered fifty points, and I did know the the big four um and i chose american and this was my thought it was it was maybe as is is simpler than than sean's which is delta united southwest i thought oh you know they're probably older and then the new one to try to seem old called themselves American, <laughs>
3: and feels so the, the oldest when you fly it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, but, but yeah, I, like, it feels it feels the oldest. Like I, oh, the American was first, but like no, like yeah. Delta Del, Delta was a very small airline, and they just kind of got bigger and bigger, and they have probably existed for a very long time. But who knows? I don't. Well, the answer
2: is Southwest. So ah,
0: Southwest is younger it, right. than my father. Wow.
2: So uh, the other so three were all founded I, in the mid-20s and like back-to-back years, and Southwest was founded in the mid-50s. So, it is so
0: Oh, that's familiar. interesting because I, I cheated and looked it up after, after they answering. Business. Yeah. Okay.
3: I, either way, I have to be honest. Is. My logic was to go furthest west, but I only knew the big three. I didn't know the biggest the fourth one between mm-hmm. Southwest and Alaska.
0: Oh, that's okay. Probably skewed
3: by where I live, but I I wasn't sure that Southwest was one of the big four because they they're not that popular anymore, right? I, I don't know.
0: Southwest. Uh Southwest runs. Or they're just popular like Texas, flies.
1: where
3: I don't really fly.
1: The what I read
2: was that if you if you ignore international, they're like as big as all the
1: other ones, if not. Bigger yeah, they than a don't. Of them. They don't really do international the same way.
0: Southwest but, yeah. is moving Anyways, so some people.
1: Sean mm-hmm. moves into the lead even after a hey! first round. So.
0: outstanding, we love to hear it. Um, all right, you uh, you can find us at our home on the web uh www.prideokpod.com or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice uh i'm doing this out of order so I'll, uh, the reason i'm telling you that is because that's the end of the show uh we'll be back next week to talk about something else until then i'm Sean in life? I'm okay. thanks for using jeans with the 12 cash app behind speak Stand back i'm about to blast off in minus me. Hey.